All right. Good evening, everyone. Uh, glad you could join us tonight. Uh, excuse my dog in the background. She's having a fit. She just wants to be uh, part of the meeting. That's all. She does. Doesn't want to be may, left out. She may participate here in a few minutes <laughs> if I have to hold her. Um, but uh, at any rate, uh, good evening. Um, with us tonight is uh, Dave, uh, Alex, and Dan. Bonte, unfortunately, will not be able to join us this evening, but uh, I'm sure he's off uh, doing uh some important things so just wanted to touch base with all y'all i do have a couple articles i want to cover tonight and obviously some excitement uh with the government continuing resolution and what that means for the faa as they have not passed the faa reauthorization yet so uh let me get my screen shared here and we'll go here share that so this is an interesting article, and I kind of wanted to start off with this, and this is something we've talked about extensively, um, how the FAA is killing drone uh, innovation. So Since 2016, uh, any, at least. Oh, geez, this is old. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> notice that. <laughs> oh, oh, horrible. Okay, we're skipping this one. I mean, well, it's still relevant. It's I mean, still... <laughs> yeah. It is still relevant. Give so us I a brief overview. Yeah, so basically the gist was is that innovation is outpacing regulation. Um, and uh, obviously with this one, uh, that's uh, significant. <laughs> but uh, uh, they do talk about Disney's, uh, uh, they do make some fair points. So a lot of the um, regulations surrounding Part 107 and uh, the inability to conduct operations without specific waivers that are specific to one person, one company, uh, that kind of business. So I didn't even notice that. That really bothers me. <laughs> so um, and then uh, they talk about uh, a couple other things. So Zipline obviously uh, has made a point and or is made a, a mentioned in this article and we've talked about zipline a lot so i'm i'm very quickly skirting over this article so <laughs> apologies on the old stuff well i, I like, agree with the title anyway i do too and um so they talk <laughs> about uh getting a waiver does not do anything for the you know industry as a whole or for recreational users as a whole um, and results in uh, over over criminalization of, of being able to to fly essentially, and so uh, I think the the opposite to this, as this is older, um, relates to what's clogging up my 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 personal drone news feed right now, and that's the stuff going on in Russia and Ukraine, and but it brings to bear some of the. Um, antithesis uh, of what we've been talking about in terms of freedom uh, and brings to light some of the things that I'm sure our government is concerned with as well. So, um, and I generally don't touch point on, on things like that because to me, it makes me nauseous that the things that we love to fly and do things recreationally are being used for destructive purposes. But the fact remains that, that they are um, and even specifically straight down to FPV drones. So, um no matter which side you fall on to me it's a tragedy so um but anywho uh yeah let's move on from that <laughs> and um so 
this touches point with uh, um, why prompt passage of the 2023 FAA reauthorization is important for the drone industry. So um, with uh, David Bolter as the FAA Associate Administrator for Aviation Safety um, and Jeffrey Vincent as Executive Director in the UAS Integration Office, the agency has reinvigorated the spirit of collaboration um, and momentum towards drone regulations. While the FAA works towards getting more drones in the air, the agency remains without a permanent administrator or a stable funding package, both of which are critical for the burgeoning drone industry. Um, the position of the FAA administrator is a presidential appointment that must be confirmed by the sentence. His first uh, nominee, Phil Washington, uh, who was the CEO of Denver Airport, withdrew from the process amid questions about his experience in aviation. And uh, that was a... Just a few uh, questions about yeah, his experience. A, a crap show, uh, and I, I'm using nice words, um, of a hearing um, in which he was asked all sorts of questions, and including about Part 107 uh, uh, regulations, and was unable to answer them. And it was a cringe embarrassment um, to anybody who watched that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Mike Whitter, Whit Whitaker, uh, who was formerly the deputy administrator of the FAA and currently chief operating officer at advanced air mobility company Supernal. Uh, while Whitaker is widely expected to be confirmed, the Senate has not yet acted. Um, so, uh, and there's an update here. The Senate Commerce Committee today held its hearing to consider Mike Whitaker's nomination to the FAA administrator. So we may have an administrator soon. So that's important. Um, but also, um, they have not uh, moved forward with uh, the FAA reauthorization, and that expired on September 30th, so just a couple of days ago. Um, but that authorization was extended until December 31st. Um, so, so like the, the current plan was just pushed ahead for a few more months until December? Yeah, essentially, they just uh, enacted uh, what, what's considered a continuing resolution to continue to fund uh, government uh, until they can reach a budget decision is part of it, as well as the FAA reauthorization has not been voted on. Um, so uh, there's no furloughs that are going to happen at this point, um, and they will continue operating as is. However, there's no new set of instructions for the FAA for the next five-year plan. Right, and there's an out-of-sync step that the uh, folks like air traffic control will have to be furloughed um, uh, because their contracts end prior to the uh, the end of the this uh, this current continuing resolution. So that's bad from the perspective of we all know that Congress is not going to do something uh, with. Uh, dispatch, particularly in as much as they, there's no Speaker of the House. So <clears throat> this is a, a, a real problem for the FAA. Yeah. And so, I mean, this just it, this just goes on. And, and the list of, of things that are plaguing our government at this point, as well as the long FAA, list. is very long. So um, obviously, uh, one of the things being considered is uh, beyond visual line of sight. Um, and that's something a lot of people in the industry are pushing for, uh, to be able to operate uh, expanded uh, operations and uh, really kind of take off. Now, the problem is, is 
that um, that will still need to undergo an NPRM process, as we've seen in the past, a la remote ID. Um, and while in the current language of the bill, um, they're trying to hold the FAA to a four-month deadline on that, uh, I, yeah. we all know a how well... Alex, didn't we hear a, a, a target of summer of 24 for the uh, BB loss NPRM? I don't remember that. Okay, yeah, that, that's what we're hearing. Okay, that. so let's see. That was just a um, a sentence of uh, abbreviations. Beyond visual line of sight notice for public rulemaking. Yep. So um, one of the things I was going to say is while the current language would, would if enacted, would hold them to that four-month deadline, um, that doesn't mean uh, that uh, the, the FAA will stick to that. And we've all seen how well the FAA sticks to their deadlines in the past. And uh, so it would be interesting to see how that would roll out. So um, let's see. Da, da, da. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much uh, that. So, um, you know, nothing huge, but at the same time, the FAA is, and our government is under a lot of stress. And we haven't seen any revisions on this reauthorization bill no. yet, right? It's been the same thing. Yep, no one kilogram. <laughs> None of the stuff we wanted. Nothing much of any importance not changed. A of, not a lot of help to recreational. The only thing that's in there, I think, is educational. Education. It's good. Yeah. And um, there is some additional language about above 55 pounds. And yeah. more talk about network-based remote ID. A lot. Absolutely. Yep. Our favorite thing. Yep. And according to the FAA, they are done with recreational drones is what they say. So um, definitely a, Let's hope that a, that's not the case. Yeah, we're, yeah they we'll did their our, job. We now yeah. have a we now have a different executive director. So hopefully we can convince him to work a little more on recreational space, his largest Absolutely. cohort. Yep. All right. So um, this was interesting. And this is something I've talked about into a, in the past. And this is something where I, I feel like uh, um, there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, takeoff when it comes to drones. And that's uh, spray drones and agriculture drones. Um, so, uh, hey, check the date. That's good. So. <laughs> Um, I hate when they don't have dates on their articles <laughs> and you read something it's like, was this from yesterday or last year? I don't well, know. I mean, you know, normally I do check the dates and, and my search, my searches are, are definitely for recent articles, but there's certain outlets that will release things, uh, re-release things like, uh, um, Hackaday will release like things, re-release them with, uh, current dates on them. And even though they're years old, it drives me crazy. All right, so Ooh, now I've got to look up where Lamberton, Minnesota is. I know, right? So um, the federal uh, FAA has made recent changes to Part 137 unmanned aircraft system certification, which are expected to positively impact the license, licensing process for farmers who wish to use drones for dispensing substances. And on uh, June 13th of this year, the FAA issued a notice regarding updates made to the part one uh, made to part 137, stating the FAA has determined that part 137 UAS agricultural aircraft operation present a lower risk than other certified operations, and revising the part 137 certification process would not adversely affect safety. Um, 
Arthur Erickson, co-founder and current CEO of Hylio, uh, recently discussed the changes and how they will significantly shorten the length of time it takes for an individual to get properly licensed. Part one of the uh, part 137 process requires applicants to obtain a 44807 exemption. Prior to the update, Erickson explained that operators had to get the 44807 exemption for every single model of drone they wanted to fly, but the FAA has now begun implementing a blanket system for certain makes and models. So this eases the uh, barrier of entry for um, these farmers looking to switch over from uh, uh, plane spraying to drone spraying um, or any kind of agricultural use for their drones. Uh, and this makes it easier for them to get started uh, in that process. So that's a good deal. Um, and I feel like, you know, using the, the, the UAS to, to spray is definitely an efficient use and definitely safer, uh, especially when it comes to power lines. Uh, but on the flip side, I'm sure that uh, the pilots of those planes who rely on that business are thinking otherwise a little bit. So... Um, but it's nice to see a little bit of reduction of regulation when it comes to entering the space. So, um, but yeah, those are the, the articles I have. And, and like I said, my news feed is, is literally clogged with, uh, Ukraine right now and it's hard to find quality articles. So, um, and I generally don't want to dive into, into that because you're going to offend somebody on one side or the other. So, um, if anybody's wondering why I don't cover that, that is why. Well, you could cover something close to it, which would be like how China's trying to stop the export of various drone components to some parts mm -hmm. of the world, which may inadvertently affect other parts of the world. Yeah, that's true. I, I might find some of those to, to cover. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and then the other flip side, I found an article, but it got hidden behind a, a paywall uh, before I could pull it up. Um, was a, another article on, uh, shoot, what was it? Crap, I can't even remember <laughs> it now. It's gone. It's gone. My brain's fried today. So, um, so that's all I have for news. Uh, Dave, what do you got for us, sir? Well, uh, a couple things. Uh, first on the remote ID front, um, uh, as promised, um, uh, we've been, uh, ordering up uh, remote ID modules. And uh, we discussed a criteria that makes sense uh, for recreational use, uh, the, the price nominally uh, around $100 and, and the, uh, the weight nominally around uh, 10 grams. So if anything uh, is way more expensive or too he way larger than that, it's not something our audience is interested in, right? Right. If it's, way if it's a lot lighter... <laughs> We'll certainly take a look at it, but yeah, if it's heavier, that's exactly. If there's the... already lightweight hundred dollar uh, remote ID modules. Why would we be interested in a slightly heavier three hundred dollar model that doesn't do anything different? Does the same thing, right? So we're, we're um, uh, we've ordered up. Of course, we're working with um, uh, flight test on the FTEZ ID. Uh, can other comments on that in a minute? Uh, we have. Uh, procured a drone tag BS module. We have procured a Holy Stone, which uh, listed for $89. It's adorable. Um, and we have uh, a Spectrum Sky ID uh, on uh, pre-order for $69. We'll uh, 
uh, with uh, lots of uh, limitations into the spectrum uh, ecosystem. So that and, one should be a, a really uh, no, amusing review. No updates on when or anything about that one actually being delivered? Nope. They just nope. took your money and said, thank you. We'll get this to you someday. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's why I hate yeah. pre-orders so hard. <laughs> yeah. Try, return it. Um, FT Easy ID. Uh, just want, I wanted to uh, update on that. We talked about beta flight connectivity. Uh, as I think I mentioned, uh, we had uh, fantastic uh, efforts and cooperation from both ArduPilot as well as Betaflight. This is the development teams. And um, those two organizations agreed to a, uh, a message element, or this is, this is what it's, it should look like so that we can accept GPS coordinates in from a, G, um, a GPS module. And uh, uh, so we've, we've used that. We have, uh, that's, uh, we have got it working, um, but now we're, we're struggling uh, with some of the, new, the two, uh, the, the APR has been incorporated into um, two drops of Betaflight, uh, 4.3, 4.4.3 Zulu and 4.5 Zulu. So maintenance and development releases, this will be incorporated in a, uh, a full uh, release, uh, but those are that's where the code resides now, and uh, we're um, we're struggling to get it to work. So we're working with Betaflight, and there we are not pointing fingers. Uh, as I said, the Betaflight team and the Ardu Pilot team have been uh, fantastic and have been really enthusiastic to to help us out. So we're uh, we're close to that. So if you have uh, if you've ordered and you have a NFT Easy ID. And uh, you're wondering, gosh, this is, I can't get the uh, beta flight to work. Uh, we're almost there. And uh, any changes, uh, we'll, le we'll let you know. Um, in addition, um, we have a, we'll, we're going to po post uh, a uh, comments to the FAA on, uh, on a document. And so the, uh, this, it's, uh, the the naming uh, police uh, should have gotten after them on this one. It's the request for comments for the clearance of continued approval of information collection regarding limited recreational unmanned aircraft. So <clears throat> what that means is, is that by uh, this Friday, the FAA would like to know uh, if uh, what whether they've... Um, the proposed collection of information uh, is uh, accurate, or if the estimated a burden is accurate, uh, ways for the FAA to enhance the quality, utility, and clarity of the information collection, and that the ways uh, that the burden could be minimized without reducing the quality of the information. So the areas that they sliced out of 44809 uh, were operations at fixed sites, standard and um, and operations of um, uh, UAS weighing more than 55 pounds, trust, and the recognition of CBOs. Now, in the introduction, they mention FRIAs, but it's not, they don't want you to ask about FRIAs. So our comments will be about FRIAs and how we, we feel that there are too few in the estimate by the FAA. They estimate 4,000. Uh, we estimate that we could, if we had one free for every 20 UAS pilot, would need 79,000. So um, 
uh, and uh, we th would like the FAA to consider that uh, in this uh, information gathering and collecting because they are burning a lot of people uh, answering uh, free applications and all four of the uh, CBOs are burning up uh, people and time uh, on free applications. It could be more uh, streamlined. The FAA has declined to streamline uh, the process. So that's one thing that uh, we've got going. And that will be, we'll make sure that, that uh, our comments are up uh, on, or, on or about uh, 6 October, so Friday-ish. In addition, this is just a highlight of uh, vetting this around the uh, our, our team. Uh, it's written. And so there were a number of things around uh, remote ID that we wanted to comment on. One was the uh, deferral of enforcement to remote ID. And then back a little bit, uh, our uh, most recently on 27 September was a great uh, discussion that Greg Revendu of Pilot Institute hosted with Kevin of uh, Keith of uh, Alien Ar Alien Drones, uh, as well as Kevin Morris uh, from uh, FAA uh, Communications Organization uh, representing uh, the UAS organization or the Integration Office, and so uh, I'll, there's. I, I learned one thing from uh, the 927, and and it was it, it made me chuckle a little bit. <clears throat> and so we've we're learning that the FAA really wants to, if dare I say the cl cliche word, parse the discussion of remote ID between equipment and performance or operations. And so. If you are a recreational operator and you register on Drone Zone, they ask you to register all of your aircraft. Our response to that is like, well, if it's DIY, just you know, DIY. There's no serial. Yeah, um, yeah. If you have a uh, a UAS that is sub 250 gram and you register it it now has to have remote ID because it's been registered. And Kevin Morris's recommendation was unregister that drone. Now, he, he didn't suggest that you unregister all of your recreational fleet, just those that are sub-250, if they're going to be used exclusively for recreational. Because as because, we remember, the rules for remote ID are tied directly to what needs to be registered. Exactly. Or what so is registered. Going, so I suppose there's a little bit of a gray area there. But. Well, apparently, uh, the, the rule says whether if it's registered or, you know, or used for Part 107. So you registered it. <sighs> Why did I register it? So the uh, the Sharp students then asked the question, wait a second, every time I change one of these things, you're, you're, you're ringing up the cash register for $5. So if you're a part 107, every modification is $5, yeah. Right, right. And and a change, uh, I think for recreational, you can go in and change it, but I'm not sure what a delete, if that costs you or not. However, the FAA is going to... Uh, uh, go ahead and waive the fee, uh, it, it sounds like, until March 2024. So thanks to uh, uh, to Greg and uh, and Keith. Uh, that's the one thing I learned from the uh, uh, from the 27th. We have the rest of that call written up as well as our commentary. Uh, and we had uh, back in the summer, uh, Geeks Fauna, Sean, uh, had a, a good uh, conversation with Kevin Morris, again, same individual, and it was about remote ID 
uh, with a fair amount of discussion about, uh, and we've gone over this uh, before, but it's <clears throat> if you find a, uh, a SUA, UAS and you want to use it for part 107, if I put a broadcast module on it, is it compliant? And Kevin's uh, answer was yes, it is compliant, but only for visual uh, line of sight operations. So not operations over people, because that requires remote ID. It's integrated, standard remote ID. Uh, and uh, it also does not, uh, it's not, it, the equipment is not sufficient to uh, get you beyond visual line of sight uh, waivers. So this is, there's nothing new on this, but we wanted to, uh, uh, we've got that written up. We'll have that uh, posted uh, on our website shortly. We just yeah, need they, that they did again the cover that same topic in the video with Keith and Kevin yep. and uh, uh, um, <laughs> Greg. Greg. Um, yeah, and basically again said, <laughs> you can fly the drone and put a module on it, and you, the operator, are complying. But if you manufacture the drone, it has to be standard remote ID and that's whole different rules. And so right. if you want to fly a drone like that, the only proper way to do it is to ask the FAA for an exception and somehow get a waiver or whatever, go through all the, the hoops <laughs> to be allowed to do that, which right. seems so if you're very a, unlikely. If you're a small manufacturer and you've been selling lifters, um, and the, the rule is now you have to have standard remote ID on that lifter. It, it's a, you know, it's even if it's sub 250 grams. So if okay. I get a robot to build a drone for me, is that robot the manufacturer? And then what if the robot doesn't make it with standard remote ID and then I buy it from the robot? It's the Can entity, I, uh... it's the entity, not the person. It sounds like the same things that are going through lawsuits and whatnot right now about AI generated art and music and code and like who who wrote it who who owns the copyright on that yeah. well the robot I, owns it right but i'm but i bought it, from the it as the producer and the manufacturers so it's the it's the the business as they would say down south <clears throat> okay the robot's registered um, to its own business well, <laughs> last air, uh last uh last topic i had was the new dac drone advisory council uh which includes uh uh Originating, originating organizations of Aloft, Pilot Institute, Influential Drones, uh, and DSPA, which is Drone Service Providers Alliance, and FPVFC. Um, we get together first time, uh, 12 October. So uh, looking forward to that. As I've mentioned, that will probably be our focus to press for new changes on regs, rules, etc., with the FAA. Um, and we'll see what happens with the drone safety team and the AAAC, which is likely to be uh, disbanded and replaced with a 12-person uh, FACA, uh, Federal Advisory Committee agency. No, not an agency. Association, probably. Association, yeah. Assuming yeah. they get the Reauthorization Act passed someday. <laughs> well, yes. You know. Yes, that's true. We got to get there first. Did the 2018 one get pushed back a ton anyways? The, the 20 uh no it was it was october 2018 that it uh it, it was because uh, yeah. it threw mm -hmm. in the sports medicine bill right yes yes it did they tucked it in and it was they uh they slipped it in and got the 100 to zero senators uh to vote for it <sighs> gosh okay 
All right, uh, Josh, that's that's all I had. All right, Alex, you got anything for us this evening, sir? Um, not really. Well, champs are in two. They're in three weeks. Um, twenty fourth through the twenty seventh uh, for multi GP. There's also the FAI champs in Korea that are this weekend, I believe. That's cool. So got a couple of different countries competing in that on uh, the interesting track. For the where, champs um, in the United States. Yeah, I was going to say, where's multi-GP champs at? Uh, same place as it has been, No Quarter Ranch in uh, Citrus Springs, Florida. You planning and, on attending? Yep. I'll be okay. going for sport class. But Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so any uh, is there any buzz or reaction from Evan Turner's uh, uh, bounties to put up some prize money for champs? Um, uh, well, there's already a, I think it's a $1,500 prize pool. or No, it's more than that. What's the, I forget what the prize pool is for champs, but there's already a prize pool for podiums. Right. Nice. And then uh, you may want to take a look. Uh, Evan Turner's put out additional, and it's a it's a clever structuring that he's and it's uh, this is this is blatant uh, capitalism at work, and I love it. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, way to go, Evan. Um, and so what he's doing is he's putting up uh, uh, bounties, and you have to run some uh, uh, five thirty three content in your. Uh, in, in your racer, and it could be as little as you wear a T-shirt. And so, uh, he's trying to be uh, reasonable, uh, but he's also trying to make make a buck. And uh, uh, I I think he's. Uh, it, it sounds like a great idea, and I hope it works out for uh, for he and his company. I haven't seen that, but yeah, it's a fifteen thousand dollar prize pool. Oh, there you, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so he's putting up an additional twenty five thousand. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Definitely makes it uh, interesting there. All right, yeah. Dan, anything for us this evening, sir? Uh, first, I'll say if there's anybody watching this on YouTube and you've got any questions for us, definitely send them in the chat and we'll try to get to them before we're done tonight. Um, other than that, I haven't been doing a whole lot in the last couple of weeks. Not a whole lot going on with drones. Um, all I've been trying to do is get the, the easy ID module here to talk to Betaflight and send its GPS coordinates. And I have not been successful yet. So hoping that we can. Blunty has. Yeah. Blunty not, that, was not, that it's a comp not that it's a competition. But, uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying to figure out what Dave and I are doing wrong and get, That's right. get some good instructions out there. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And I've got mine. I'm hoping to get it going here in the next couple of days when I have a couple of days off to to mess around with it. So excellent. Still haven't touched it yet. <laughs> oh, Alex, Alex, I have Alex. fall break this weekend. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I family, can't hit you too hard because family first. Yeah, work and school. It's not going to help it race any faster. So I mean, why <laughs> He's like, why bother, right? <laughs> yeah, if I've had pretty heavy quads and done pretty well with them before. So there you go. If he amplifies the spurious radiation, it, it helps with mid air collisions, the extra weight. <laughs> so you take awesome. the other guy out. Yep, <laughs> you're the heavier. Heavier one. it is, the harder it is to move, and uh, well, the bigger quad wins. It's all yeah, a vector. Absolutely. It's all a vector thing. 
Uh, Mayan Hawk is asking if there's any estimation for a restock on the Easy ID modules. Dave, do we have any information from flight test on things being out of stock and when new may show up? I, I'm going to have to. Uh, I, I know that it's it should be less than six weeks right now. Um, uh, and uh, I'm going to try to I will I will get a, a better date. And so uh, uh, good news is the Tritium Electronics, the uh, uh, the company is a half hour away from plate test. Uh, they're excited. And uh, uh, as you can imagine, flight test did not wait until they sold out to place the uh, uh, the order for the, the next uh, tranche so that uh, uh, I can get a better date uh, soon. And um, I'll encourage the uh, flight test folks to post that on their uh, product page. Does anybody know of any stores that do still have them in stock? I didn't check if uh, Road Ride does. So did they eventually that, post them on their site? I think they did. Uh, get we... FPV, Rotor Riot, Pyro. Pyro, those were the are, three. Are all selling, and there's one other coming. Yeah. Yeah, so anyone... there's a chance that Rotor Riot might have a few, some in stock because they were sort of later on, to get it listed. Yeah, I'm on checking right now. Uh, and um, so I've worked uh, for decades with uh, retailers, and yeah, they... uh, do they have them in stock? Okay. Yeah, with Excellent. the no connector, they have the no connector one in stock. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, flight test is trying uh, is working to make sure that the the, the retailers get FPV, Rotor Riot, Pyro Drone have stock and have them at the same time they do. So, flight test is not playing uh, any games on. Uh, availability of product. They're really working to take care of uh, their retailers. And they only have the version there without the, the connector soldered on? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The other one's out of stock. I okay. think Rob would like to say something. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was about welcome, to hit Rob next. He's raising his hand Rob. over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to interrupt. Hey, the only thing I had to add, it's kind of interesting. I thought y'all might want to hear this. So uh, I was up at the Lita Conference in Bend, Oregon for this last week. Um, really and, cool event. And that's so, stand, um, and Lita, I, Lita stands for? Law Enforcement Drone Association. So there's nice. uh, about 200 people from all over the nation, 70 plus agencies represented. Awesome. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to test the uh, Air Sentinel and the drone scanner apps, right? Because we had up to a dozen aircraft in the air simultaneously. So uh, kind of interesting. So Air Sentinel, I really appreciate them because they think that it's not okay that people can receive the ground station location of pilots with standard uh, ID. So Air Sentinel has made it where consumers can only see aircraft location and they cannot see the ground station location. Uh, law enforcement, public safety can apply for an exemption where they have an account where they can actually see the ground station location. So I'm a big fan of Air Sentinel for that reason alone because they don't want the pilot location to be broadcasted unnecessarily to the general public. And what are they uh, charge? What are they charging for this? I assume it's a. Free. Uh... It's free. Yeah, both that, both of the apps are free. So. But what I was finding, for whatever reason, drone scanner would crash every single time we had multiple aircraft in the air. I don't think that they coded it in or accounted for 12 aircraft being detected. And on Air Sentinel, I was only to pick up one to two aircraft. So huh. It's kind of interesting. 
I, I don't know how this is going to work and lay out, but I'm also thinking like back to the information that Alex had shared about the development app uh, for testing remote ID. I think that's going to be problematic overloading these apps. So, but you can jump on the GitHub page and look at the phone compatibility. I'm using an Android Pixel 6, uh, which should be Bluetooth 4, Bluetooth 5, as well as Wi-Fi beacon compatible. And I was getting repeated crashes when I was trying to pick up that mini aircraft. So okay, uh, and so, so so drone scanner you can find on uh, either of the um, a Apple Store or Google Play under just search on drone scanner, and you'll find it there. What do you look mm -hmm. for uh, for an air and drone scanner is a product of uh, and it's free for a uh, product of drone tag air sentinel is what do you search on to find that air sentinel it's just called air sentinel um it's um i don't know who sponsors it but it's called air sentinel i think kenji i was gonna say it's Ken, kenji Sukahara, kenji sukahara is behind that yeah yep yep so this is kind so of interesting is that is, that, uh, is, that, interesting is, is sentinel available on both ios and android rob I'm not an Apple guy, so I can't tell you on the Apple side, but it is available in the Play Store for Android. Is okay. Air Sentinel yeah, the one that right takes your data and aggregates it and sells it to third parties? Uh, collects all the remote ID stuff? I think that's the one. Yeah, I'm not I know they won't Air let. Sentinel. But I do know that Air Sentinel won't let just regular people pick up the ground station location for the baked in for the standard grid uh, aircraft. Okay, I'm not it's finding not on the App Store. Not. I, I couldn't find it on iOS. Could you? Yeah, I couldn't either. Yeah. No. But so what I am hearing so we'll is take a look another at way to Android. remote ID is just get 12 remote ID compliant drones and uh, turn them all on while you're flying. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious if it's just they're having issues with pulling in so much data all at once or what the, what the deal is with those. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I doubt they've ever been torture tested with 12 aircraft in the air. That could have been part of it. Um, but I'm also finding with these apps too, that, so, so just me testing it with, with modules that I have access to, I'll land a drone just to test the accuracy. And I, I think the, I think the part 89, uh, actually, Dave, you may have to correct me on this. It's about a hundred foot accuracy, uh, laterally. Wasn't that what was called for? 150 feet. 150 feet. Okay. And I'm seeing there is a big variance. It's not something that's going to show you right where that aircraft is. I'm seeing big discrepancy. Right. Standard remote ID is the one that has the very, very tight accuracy. And that's for the ground control station that has an accuracy of 15, one, five feet tightest uh, location restrict or requirement of any vehicle or anything in the world. Great. Yeah. Aircraft. But isn't it 15 yeah. feet vertical for standard and 150 foot for broadcast on mm -hmm. the vertical accuracy, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All yeah, right. So I'm seeing a lot of discrepancies there. So it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I don't think that the public's going to be able to track us as easily as what we had we had thought. Oh well. <laughs> Not so good. So uh, drone scanner and Air Sentinel. Air Sentinel looks to be Android only, and we know drone scanner is uh, iOS and Android both. And uh, as we've, uh, as Rob was saying, um, mo many of the uh, uh, remote ID modules and standard remote ID broadcast on Bluetooth Beacon, which is Bluetooth five, and Apple does not support Bluetooth five. 
Okay. Is Josh still with us? Hello, Josh. Okay. Dan, any questions uh, from around around the room and from around the various uh, platforms? I'm not seeing anything, any new questions coming up so far. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Perfect, uh, perfect timing. <laughs> I know, right? So, um, number one, I will check my my articles next time for proper dates. <laughs> hey, if you can't laugh at it's yourself, okay. right? It's okay. I, I was, a, I was I gonna, I was gonna cover and say, and Josh has brought this up because this is still the case seven <laughs> well, years later. It is, <laughs> but at the same time, I will check my sources a little bit better next time. Uh, I don't make the mistake often, but sometimes I do. So, um, thank you all for joining us this evening. Uh, great discussions around the room um and uh definitely some interesting um let us know what your experience is if you're playing around with uh some of these apps these drone scanners or sentinels what you're finding with it uh alex this would be good to test uh you know it, well depending on how what the adoption rate of uh, remote id is at racing um uh, in, in circumstances like that so um well, i don't know i may or may not have one at champs so we'll see what that's like Actually, well, well, when I, you... actually, no, I won't have it a chance because it's a Freya, and I'm not going to waste putting it on for that. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, we definitely need some torture testing. So um, if you've got uh, a bunch, if any of you guys out there, yeah, there you go. Uh, if any of you guys and girls out there have uh, friends with a remote ID, let test those apps. Let's see what we've got. Let's see if it was a one-off with Rob or if it uh if it's a, a problem across the board well um, the drone tag guy is in our discord right could we bug him and let him know it's like hey have you tried this with multiple drones in the air what what happens yeah lucas virtual yeah. i'm sure he'd be very interested yeah, yeah and then 100%. as i started to say we've we've procured a number of mm -hmm. modules and it's our uh, what we will be doing is uh going through um rudimentary evaluations of them and, and sharing what we learn uh, well, obviously, uh, with mem with with on our website. Absolutely. Yeah. How many of them do we need to crash remote ID apps? <laughs> well, like if if I was flight test right now and I had, well, they're, they're all sold out. But if they had a dozen yeah. of them sitting on a table, I'd power them up one by one on a like one S battery and watch on the app until it crashes. And... All right, hundred percent. I'm for that. I'll help. <laughs> 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 all right guys uh, all right but with that we'll give you back uh, 15 minutes of your night do appreciate uh you guys uh joining us this evening and we'll see you again in another couple of weeks have great. a great night